Hello and welcome to Turtle Tracks Podcast. This is your host, Brian Van Hooker, and I'm here with Sarah Meyer, an artist for IDW Comics, specifically the Saturday Morning Adventures Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comics. Thank you so much for being here, Sarah. Thank you for having me, Brian. And uh, got some companions here, so... <laughs> Uh, so it's only audio, but just oh. so there's a, uh, a Donatello Christmas plush. <laughs> you cannot there. see it, but it's yes. here. <laughs> of course, of course. And I, I got my light and everything. Oh, well. Sorry, I just told you that. <laughs> no, that, no, no, that's all right. I did the same thing with uh, with an interview actually about a week and a half ago. And I actually wore a suit and tie and everything for that. So oh, we're my good. gosh. <laughs> you can't see it, but I got some pretty cool little like Donatello Christmas plushies here. So yes, you got a very, a very cool retro Donatello <laughs> uh, Christmas stocking and a plush that's kind of like him in suspenders. Yes. And yeah. So it's there. Uh, I I believe Aaron Hazori and I on Facebook had dubbed it last year. Uh, done with the tiny pants. Because oh, it's nice. like these little. And I did a little like weird fan comic about it um, around Christmas time last year. That's on my Instagram. I don't know why I'm plugging that. Oh but no, I gotta I'll, check that out. I did not know about this. I'll repost it in my stories this year. Yeah. Aaron's a good buddy <laughs> of mine. He designed the lo- the logo for my podcast. Yes. <laughs> he's been a, a good friend for a couple of years now. So. Nice. Um, but, but first of all, if anybody hasn't seen your artwork, it's fantastic. I really love your stuff. Like I'm, Thank I you. love everything turtles. Like, but <laughs> I have a special love for the '87 series and that aesthetic, and art by guys like Ken Mitroni, things like mm-hmm. that. I love cute, happy, funny turtles. Like that's my favorite <laughs> stuff. And yours are awesome. I absolutely oh. love. Them. Seriously. Thank you so much. Thank you. That's a real compliment. I'm I'm glad that you, as a fellow 87 Turtles fan, enjoy oh yeah. the art. So <laughs> thank you. You also have like you've done a few issues. Uh, let's see, you've done like three, four, three issues that are already out. Well, you mm-hmm. colored a bunch too, right? Well, let me back up. Yeah, yeah. So like you were coloring for IDW first, correct? That's right. Yeah. Uh, well, the first job I got technically was um as a variant cover artist, that was uh, last summer. And that it all happened really fast. Basically, I got um, I was offered the a variant cover for uh, number three C in the first Saturday morning adventures issue. Okay. So the you know, the one that I have of them in the Channel six news van and they're fighting all the foot soldiers um, from issue number three C uh, that came out in December last year. That was my very first official Turtles art. Uh, that I had ever done. So, um, and they, they basically, I figured I went into that assuming this is a bucket list thing. Okay. This is probably, this is my first and possibly quite possibly the last thing that I'll ever do officially for turtles. So I crammed it chock full of anything I could think of that would be a good like reference or Easter egg, you know, um, like the, uh, the, the foot soldier being thrown at the, the screen, everything like that. So, um, and then oh, after... yeah, I just pulled it up. So yes, yeah, I'm guessing that's a call to the the uh, the arcade game. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. but after that uh, cover gig, I just thought, okay, well, that's exciting, and I was very excited to just do that one thing. And then IDW basically approached me um, about maybe a month and a half after I finished doing that, just to say, hey, uh, we we would you like to color the interiors for this series, which at the time we thought would only be four issues. And I said, yes, really fast. And I mean, that first issue that I colored, I came in very late in the game. So I, I literally signed the contract and was to work coloring really quickly. Um, And that was kind of how it started after the four issues were over. um, I then 
moved on to uh, uh, they they shifted me over to color uh, TMNT versus Street Fighter. Okay. Um, so I wasn't involved in Saturday morning adventures for a few issues where, you know, Jack Lawrence and Dan Schoening were doing um, those issues for the reboot. Um, though I did do uh, a variant cover. And then while I'm kind of away on other Turtles related things for IDW, then this past May, they approached me and said, hey, would you like to draw now, you know, this series? And I absolutely, of course, said yes. So ever since May, I've been drawing uh, Saturday morning adventures uh, pretty steadily. So um, I'm actually drawing a my fifth issue right now. <laughs> That's awesome. And it's like the, the books you. are really like they're just great. I mean, I were there any? Let me ask you: Are there any highlights? Did you did you color all four of the original series? I should know that. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so I colored all four of the first four issues that came out um, uh, in 2022, and I believe. Oh yeah, yeah. They did all come out uh, in. 2022 that's right that's right yeah is there yeah. and then that series that stand out to you from highlights um just i so i always read the script when uh i'm you know whether i'm coloring or drawing obviously sure. um and as the colorist it was a highlight for me for sure was just uh getting the script and reading the dialogue as i'm looking at the line art and coloring that and just thinking man i this is first of all I love Eric's writing. It it was just so entertaining. So a highlight for me would be just the surreal moment uh, or moments when I realized I'm I'm not just coloring anybody's you know <laughs> gear or anybody's hand or fingers here. <laughs> you know it's it's Leonardo's or you know and I'm I'm reading along in the script and I was just like having an absolute blast, like laughing and smiling to myself as I'm reading the script, hearing, you know, Rob Paulson and Cam Clark and all the voice actors in my head, hearing the dialogue just in their voices and and coloring. And so for me, just reading the script along with uh, doing the coloring was was an absolute highlight for me. That was a blast. <laughs> you know, it's funny. You so you did the first one. So did you really set the tone for the series? Was it like, did you have to go to the cartoon and reference like what the color should look like? Um, oh, definitely. Um, so one of the keys is, you know, making sure that the base colors, uh, the colors basically without uh, highlights or shadows um, okay. on the characters, all like the flat colors essentially all look really uh, on model to the characters. Um, and as you, I'm sure you know, like as a fellow 87, you know, and just Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fan in general, like, as you know, even in the 87 cartoon, some things weren't always consistent. You oh know what God. I mean? There, there are so many different animation studios, you know, if yeah. you compare the, it's like, if somebody says, well, the 87 Turtles style, it's like, well, wh what do you mean? Promotional art done by Steve Levine? Do you mean Toei Animation season, you know, season one? Do you mean the later seasons where occasionally they would have what I consider, uh, what I, I believe to be Japanese animation, Toei, possibly Steph, but not quote unquote, the A team that did season one, you know, that kind of thing. They all look so different. Um, so the turtles even uh, fluctuated in in terms of like how you can tell sometimes like Dublin, a lot of their colors, uh, episodes done by Dublin animation. If you're referencing episodes that happen to be uh, done by them, some of the colors are very washed out. And I don't think that that's just a um, I don't think that's just an issue with with media preservation or, or degradation over time. I think that sometimes they're 
green looks really gray, for example. So it really does vary from episode to episode, season to season, depending on what those studios actually had in stock or like enough paint of, you know, (laughs) so it it can be kind of inconsistent. And um, I was generally given a really great reference from the editors, you know, just like flats, just to make sure, because it's like, Casey Jones uh, tank top in this series, in the 87 series, is a light grayish lavender. But is it the light grayish lavender from this season or is it this weirdly mauve looking lavender from this other time he appeared? You know, that kind of thing. Sure. Um, I feel like uh, the Nika figures are a really good sort of middle ground way to just reference if a character has something where yeah. the coloring looks different from episode to episode and there's not a good high res um you know original design sh- character turnaround sheet for them that's colored um i would sort of go and look at that just to kind of you know basically like get it to teeter one way or the other you know um and but in terms of the the shadows and the highlights i did do a little bit i think of um what i i kind of would consider through a nostalgic lens because i'm aware that the way that i um did shadows and highlights tended to be a little bit more neon and technicolor and maybe what we in our mind's eyes sort of think the 80s was but the 80s was not that neon all the time you know so i tried to put a little bit of a modern spin on the way that they were shaded i thought to myself like how would i want the 87 cell shading to look if they had way more time than they did you know or or budget and they obviously like so much respect to those animators i hope that that's clear that i'm not like dissing oh. by any means like it's just the the time that they were working in you know I mean, season three had like 40 something episodes so like oh they yeah turning them out yeah yeah they had to they had to just absolutely like go so crazy with speed and 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 that's why you see some of those you know occasional animation gaps or color gaps and i'm like i love that though because to me that just is evidence that this was the hand-drawn you know traditional yes, i just love fun. seeing that the I, I own a few shelves, shelves in the cartoon because i just have such affection awesome for yeah. Awesome. <laughs> so so yeah, I, I tried to combine that, you know, making sure that the characters were on on model in terms of their their flat colors. But I I kind of gave it a little bit of my own spin when it came to the shadows, you know. That's cool. I would, I, I I would put like, in a lot of lavender and things like that. I mean, I feel like I know, I mean, I, I'm a collector of the NECA toys and I've watched the cartoon a lot, but I feel like I don't know. I feel like it, it, it can be surprising how dark the turtles were colored in that show. Right, right. The promotional art. Like, yeah. They the same <laughs> on a package of anything as opposed to... Right. Doing... Yeah. And they they even, you know, I'm looking at the masks that you have behind you from the 2012 show, which restored their original intended different skin colors between the turtles, yeah. you know, where Leonardo's a leaf green, Donatello is olive, you know, and they they, in those promotional you know, art pieces like you're talking about, they airbrushed, uh, you know, hand-drawn VHS covers and what they're basically emulating with Nika now, you know, in some of those, like you'll see where they have those original different skin tones that they they were hoping probably to do or that they had in the Playmates action figures, you know. Um, I wonder if that was for budget that they just were like, let's just make them all the same shade of green in the actual show. <laughs> probably was. I mean, there was a lot of yeah. in the show. Yeah. Um, so you uh so you, you colored X number of issues and then did Street Fighter. Is there any highlights from Street Fighter, by the way? That was a fun series. I just interviewed um oh, Paul Aller the other day. Man, it was just so it was very, very fun working with uh uh Ariel and Paul. <laughs> um and I loved working with Eric too, you know. So but 
Ariel and Paul, Paul, the, the writer of TMNT versus Street Fighter, um, you know, it was just fun to read his script as well. And um, I am not admittedly as familiar with Street Fighter as a franchise I, as I am I Turtles. Yeah. So, it's, but, but watching, um, seeing Ariel's line art, he is a, an absolute just master. He's basically, for me, muscle rendering goals. You know what I mean? Like the way that Ariel draws musculature and just the anatomy of these these characters who are super shredded you know all of them are ripped um was just incredible i i'm i was so excited every time i would go to like color one of his pages just to enjoy the art you know and see like man what did he do this time this is incredible like the the way that he would draw the characters fighting each other and just the grappling with the muscle the way that he would draw like the tendons just like tightened you know what i mean he's so great at dynamic action um and I that was uh, really fun to be able to sort of do. Uh, we were just talking about the turtle skin colors, you know, in, yeah. in different versions. Like, uh, I was really excited because in, in my head canon, I was like, OK, I'm using the IDW colors for the turtles, you know. So basically that restored the different skin tone thing. So in, in my mind, I was also thinking, oh, this is like sticking just a toe into being able to do something that could easily be read as 2003 turtles. You know what I mean? Oh, sure. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Cause they had the, oh, the whited oh, out eyes and yeah. yeah. So in, in many ways I felt like working on TMNT versus street fighter was like, I got to sort of satisfy that, um, that craving for the, the 2003 flair a little bit, even though it wasn't canonically them. Yeah. You know, rewinding back. So did you, uh, were you, you, were you a big turtles fan when you were growing up? Oh Yeah. Um, I'm going to give a little plug, uh, in my, my, uh, um, graphic memoir, Monstrous. I, I have turtles and cameos in, <laughs> uh, you can see like literally like three, four year old Sarah, uh, in like 1989, um, watching the turtles on TV. I literally, that is my earliest, like subconscious memories are just, of, I don't remember a time when I wasn't aware of the turtles, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was a, a very young kid in just that exact like turtle mania time. So I remember watching the VHS of the 1990 live action, you know, Jim Henson uh, uh, movie, like a lot in daycare. I didn't I don't think I had a copy of it, but that was like always the, the best thing we would. All the kids would only agree on like that one. Every every other movie, we'd all like be arguing over what to watch. Sure. You know what I mean? But it's like. <laughs> Somebody would say uh, turtles, and everybody's like, "Yes, okay." <laughs> so, yeah, it just—I have so many memories of watching the the eighty-seven cartoon um, on syndication, you know, syndicated TV, um, and uh, I recall that a lot of the episodes that were on, kind of like cycling through um, afternoon television when I was uh, uh, a kid, was like seasons three and four maybe more so than than the you know first seasons uh which i i loved because that's when i feel like the show really hit it's like sitcom kind of feel <laughs> i i completely because i feel like i mean and, and those first five episodes are great they obviously yeah. look the best they're undisputedly look the best but like i think the show finds its straw because i mean shout out to david wise who if there's yeah. one person who gave the voice to that show it's david wise R.I.P. Man, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, like, but that I feel like I, I I'm almost never nobody ever agrees with me. The three, four, that's when the series like kind of embraces the silly and yes. gets fun. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I, I completely yeah, Brian, we're on the same wavelength because yeah. 
Leonardo versus Tempestra, for example, which is from way later, you know, in the series, not quite Red Sky, but you know what I mean? Like getting up there in the, what are we doing today, guys? You know, oh, what's Donatello done this time? You know, um, those episodes are so much more entertaining to me than, than yeah. you know, the, the first one, because and, and I find it hilarious, like watch, you know, and I'm, I'm not saying this to you, obviously, I think, you know, <laughs> but <laughs> Donatello's first line in the series is chill out homeboy and i'm like oh they were going for a very a very different sort of look yeah. at how cool and tough they can be sometimes kind of thing and i was like wow and then you compare that to like donatello's duplicate fast forward like four seasons or whatever and he's yeah. he's just like completely fed up he's he's also voicing a little talking rat and it's just much more it feels much more like comfortable with the characters the writing in the, the show so um yeah i completely um, I, I think a lot of people probably often, um, I was saying this in like another uh, podcast that I did, like, I think a lot of people misremember the personalities from the show. How because, so? I, I agree with you, but how, how do you, how do you feel? Well, okay. So, and, and another plug, my name is Donatello is a fan comic that I did that kind it's of points great. out I some of this. this it's great. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so for example, I it before we talk, I love it. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Um, yeah. But yeah, in terms of the personalities, like, for example, um, I think a lot of people either misremember or or they kind of skim. I don't you know, and I don't say this to be I don't say this to be gatekeepy. I hope it doesn't sound that way. But I think a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, yeah, Raph. And, and they'll say like, yeah, you know, Raphael. And they'll point to like the 87 Raph and they'll be like, yeah, I love him because like he's always so mad and he's like tough. And I'm yeah. like, have you? Because if you like, you know this, Brian, like well, you, yeah. we're if you look at some of those episodes, I feel like the hidden side of Raphael in in terms of the way that people remember him, man, if you look back at some of those episodes, Raph is often making a sarcastic remark, yes, but it's usually like indicating he's he's trying to hide that he's afraid or that he doesn't want to fight. Yeah, um, in fact, he, yeah. he aspires to be a stand-up comedian. I think that they soften yes. the personality. Yeah, like that's, like, I think people met, like, the I mean, and, and and to be fair, that's the only Raphael who was yeah. ever like that. Whereas, right, like, right, the, the first movie is so Raphael centric. Mm -hmm. I feel like that kind of takes the place in people's minds of what. Raphael right. Is. Yeah. So then, then they see the promotional art or a screenshot or two of eighty-seven Raphael, really like you know showing his teeth and being mad or something. Yeah. They're like, yeah, yeah, and. Another uh, example, I guess, is that like people often think of, <laughs> I mean, and I, I say this jokingly, obviously I have a great affection for this character, that specific version of Donatello, but sure. um, he is so incompetent in the 87 series and that's part of his charm. I like the fact that he gets fed up and frustrated a lot. Um, his inventions that work, work kind of miraculously, um, but the ones... The ones that don't, I'm like his Parmesan cheese grater. I love that. Like that to me is 87 Donatello. And unlike the others, I mean, Michelangelo can get mad in that series sometimes, you know, like he, he's occasionally stormed out um, and going off on his own. But um, Donatello actually gets more genuinely angry yeah. in in a stereotypically Raphael way than, than 87 Raph. Yeah. And he, he gets really annoyed. Up doing that a lot too, where grou Donnie was grouchy. Like, mm -hmm. you because I mean, he kind of like, hey, sure, like he's doing this stuff all the time. I kind of agree with your take. That yeah, 
It's kind of a thankless position Donatello's in that series. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he gets very, like, he's incredibly stressed out, you know? <laughs> like, I just, I feel like, um, it, well, I, I don't want to rant and rave about this, but basically, like, I'm so amused by, to the fact that Leonardo has his own little weird idiosyncrasies in that series that, again, a lot of, I think, uh, people misremember or don't remember how quirky and strange Leonardo could be in that series, too. Oh, how so? That's funny. I love um, that. Leonardo versus Tempestra. He gets an obsession with, you know, the video game in the arcade yeah. to the point where he draws. He comes out and he's like actually drawn a picture. He's drawn like this really like sad looking little picture of Tempestra. I mean, he's like full on going like otaku like mode, you know, in that episode. And um, to me, that's hilarious just because we get a little glimpse into his obsessive nature. He almost seems to zone out mm -hmm. and completely fixate on that. Um I was saying to your, um, oh man, I was saying to the comic book uh, couples counseling uh, folks that I, my best friend and I, when we've recently rewatched the entire series, oh, nice. and the episode that stood out was um, Leonardo, the the three musket turtles, okay, where or the four musket turtles, maybe I'm mis, I I don't quite remember the exact title, but it's where Leonardo, and I'm making air quotes here because you can't see me uh, for this recording, but he hits his head and thinks because of his quote head injury that he's uh one of the the three musketeers and he's like come we must we must away and he has a costume and my best friend and i our joke is we're like pause and i was like okay so how much of that do you think is just leonardo's hero complex and he's like pretending to have an injury and this is just the excuse he's been waiting for so he can make the others play into his his uh hero complex fantasies uh because there's like a bit where he's about to fall off of a roof or something in his his three musketeers costume and he just has like this big huge stupid smile on his face and it's but he's like kind of in the background and we just cracked up i was like i knew it he's lying he's like in, he's having the time of his life um just little things like that you know I love the episode where he is suddenly, and I think inexplicably afraid of snakes. Yes, yeah. Oh my god! And and you're then almost course, like you're not that far removed from a snake, dude. Like right. <laughs> well, and of course, then the bad guy is what a giant snake yes. in a lab coat. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, I love that. That was so. And that animation in that episode and Leonardo versus Tempestra. That's like my favorite weird, like not the Toei guys animation style mm. they look uh the turtles look like karopi in those episodes like sometimes like doraemon I, I don't always have the eye for it i just know when it looks their episodes sure. look dynamite because they're a little stretchier right they're a little more looney tunes on occasion and I, those are the ones right I'll, oh that one's good but i, I cowabunga never... shredhead is an example of that yeah cowabunga okay so so it, it's the episode i think it's in season three i want to say I, and it's where they uh they're tired of michelangelo eating all their pizza and the animation gets so rubbery at this point where especially like through the whole episode is weird but this one and amazing <laughs> but this one point is like where splinters trying to hypnotize him to not want pizza and then they try to test it on him and he snaps too and then the animation in this one segment where the the three other turtles are standing over a seated michelangelo in the kitchen it's like I want to say it almost reminds me of the key animation from the cereals commercials, the animated cereals As, commercials. By the way, the cereal um, commercials, those commercials look way better than any episode of the cartoon. 
they're so they're so like yeah, it reminds me of great. uh who framed roger rabbit almost because yes. they have that airbrush shading too but yeah, yeah like there's a bit uh in that episode where they're like hey michelangelo do you want a pizza and he goes no i i crave pizza no more and then um all their mouth flaps and everything are like the most precise. It's it's almost like they were suddenly given a Disney budget for just that one scene in terms of the the for frame rate and animation. Yeah. Oh yeah, and Donatello's like, what? Astonishing! And like his mouth just goes like, yeah. Like it actually, you can see them making the exact mouth movements, which is very rare. But like, yeah, and that whole episode is just hilarious and weird because i think they also rotoscoped over a real human staggering around when they animated shredder um in one scene where he thinks he's michelangelo <laughs> um wait is that when shredder comes into the lair and he's like he's like, like hey what's up bro yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i know the scene yeah yeah <laughs> yeah I and another episode that i think looks particularly good or at least for a moment or two there's <laughs> one it's one of my favorite episodes it's the one with weird pizza the one where um oh yeah where mikey gets the job delivering weird yeah. pizza. Yeah, that one has moments like when Donatello is working on the the neutrino car. Mm -hmm. There's moments there that seem particularly like well, rubbery, and I, I love that. Like I wish the yeah, whole I think it's great. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, I and I try to like when I'm drawing them, I try to think a little bit in terms of what was it about that animation style that I found so appealing. Sure. Um, with with the cuteness of the the kind of uh. Like I was mentioning, I guess, the Karopi and Doraemon-esque cuteness of some of those other episodes. Like, because um, I swear to you, those episodes, like Leonardo versus Tempestra, Donatello's Degree, they have those anime special effects in them. Like mm -hmm. the the pink sparkly foiled paper effects. Um, and some of the action scenes in that are very Japanese animation where it's got a lower frame rate, but the way that the characters are drawn is a little bit cutesier. But then like, there's a bit in Leonardo versus Tempestra where Donatello is, um, he has his bow staff and he's using it like a baseball bat. It goes like pure sp like sports anime from the 80s for a moment there, huh. like in terms of how dynamic it is. And then they even use, oh, and he's got like a weird little, I've gone through this like frame by frame and I'm like, who drew that? I want to, I want that cell. And also I want to like talk to them for a while, <laughs> you know, like that's just so cute. Like, but they gave him this, this really funny sort of, they almost look like froggy, you know what I mean? Like they gave him like an abnormally wide grin and like one of those frames, but it's like for a split frame, Donatello looks like sort of a cocky, like sports anime guy. I don't know how else yeah. to explain it. Um, so yeah, all these different animation styles. Like, I'm so glad you brought that up though, the rubbery, <laughs> the yeah, stretching. I, the, 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 yeah, the only last the little patches, but there are yeah. episodes where I'm like, oh man, that's what I want the whole series. Yes. That's what I get, like, they're just so fun and cute and like that's that's when i really and it I, I you know not only that i feel like it matches the writing because the mm -hmm. like to me i don't know if i'm repeating myself right now anyway like i still watch the show regularly mm -hmm. to me the animation's very hit and miss um the stories are fine like i think mm -hmm. some of the stories are great some of them are whatever like but there are obviously a lot of similar like there's obviously a lot of repeating because there's so many episodes Right. What still holds up and makes the show still entertaining today is the gag writing. The jokes are funny. For sure. Yeah. Like, Rob <laughs> Paulson's Raphael is adult, very funny. Krang's very funny. Like, yes. David Wise's and everybody else who contributed, but really it's Wise who set the tone. That the gag writing is what makes Turtles still work 
for me to watch as an adult. Because there's some stuff I can't, I mean, like, Turtles is different. But, like, I can't revisit as a kid. I tried rewatching mm -hmm. Power Rangers once, and I was like, Oh yeah. Shoot me. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna die if I watch more of it. It was <laughs> right. god awful. But like Turtles, I can go back and watch because I think the gag writing is genuinely funny. For sure. Definitely. And and even the episodes that are, you know, you you might think wouldn't hold up to you as an adult. It's like the show is so self-aware of how silly it can get yes, that it, what, it what feels right. Yeah. There's one episode where I forget what it was. Oh, it was like Okay, it was the docilizer ray. So I'm guessing that's the one Is with that one... bunnies, the Bebop Rock City bunnies, I think. Oh my gosh. It, my the Easter? Like, I think so. It... Yeah. I think oh, oh no. And like Krang invented the docilizer ray and it turns humans into meek little rabbits, right? And that is a little... Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. I was just gonna say I remember that episode and it the animation in that can get really weird looking sometimes. Oh, sure. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm sure they and then, like the the writing, like there. So anyway, the, the premise is Crank builds this thing and it zaps humans and they make them scared of stuff. But right. it doesn't work on the turtles. It just doesn't work. And at <laughs> one point, like one of the turtles goes, "Oh, why do you think that is?" And Leonardo just goes, "Maybe because we're mutants." And they all just shrug their shoulders and that's it. Like clearly, <laughs> the writer was like, "Eh, because like they don't." Yeah. Like this. <laughs> Definitely, it's and, fun. And there's so many jokes like that, like references to like like going to commercial and right. the word exposition a lot like there's <laughs> funny things where they're breaking the fourth wall and like i think that form yeah some of my sense of humor like that sort of there's like a groucho marx quality to some of that definitely yeah, yeah i feel like um 87 raf is very much like bugs bunny groucho marx yeah absolutely. <laughs> yeah i love it one of my favorite episodes if not my very favorite is i was just talking about this episode the other day plan six from outer space <laughs> uh, where Bebop and Rock City become the program managers of Channel 6. Like, mm -hmm. such a crazy meta premise for an episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so funny, so. Yeah. What's the the little turtle alien that shows up sometimes? Kerma? Kerma? Kerma. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I like, it's so weird because I love seeing how other versions of turtle life forms are rendered in that show. Mm. And then they just nobody addresses that the turtles are like, we have big, soft, squishy beaks, you know, and, really <laughs> and I love that. But I love Kerma's little like trench coat and his his little like disguise outfit that makes him look like a Yoda type character. Yeah, it's really fun. Um, oh, man. Yeah. It, and the writing that went over my head as a little kid sure. now is absolutely hilarious. Like Donatello going, Irma, quick, I need you. And she's like, oh, at last. He's like, not like that. And you can tell he's like kind of annoyed, you know, yeah. or like um, it's the episode where they're they're pretending to be like gangsters and Donatello dresses them. He basically decides on their suits and they're these really spiffy looking suit getups. And um, there's a part where uh, Michelangelo is holding a tie in front of him. He's like, what do you guys think of this? And Donatello's like, not with that suit. And I was like, he's so sassy. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Just little things that as a kid, you'd be like, yay, the turtles are going out in disguise. I don't really care what else is going on. You yeah. know? But like, the, like, the, like that, or like you realize how horny uh, Irma was in every episode, which is just. Really... Oh my, yes. Poor Irma. I love, I love that character so much. I, humans and, are oh, genuinely a lot of fun. Like, my, she... my, like Vernon, all of them, they're very funny. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the other thing. Like, I find that I enjoy the Channel 6 crew so much more as an adult now. Yeah. Like, I, yep. they make more sense to me. And 
Irma, um, throughout the series, like becomes really she goes from being like really frightened all the time and really, you know, amorous towards any guy to like by the end, she's almost like this deadpan snarker cynic, you know? Yeah, she just kind of changed. I don't always watch them in order, but I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, by the uh, one, I think it was her one of her last appearances before it got all it might be the last appearance, actually, before it got all red sky. Um, she literally is like a Rambo type, <laughs> you know, during the takeover of Channel Six. And she's got like a machine gun. I was like, damn, that's character development. Nobody gives the show credit for that. But it happened. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would, So talking about your Donatello uh, fan comic, which goes into oh, this, boy. Like, you have some <laughs> thoughts about Donatello in that series, which I would love to hear. Yes. Um, so in you had said that you had had a chance to read it or no? Okay. It was great. Sure. Oh, thank you. Um, so I did that way back. Not way back. It feels like way back now, right? The before times. Uh, I did it back in 2019. Okay. Um, and it was. I get struck by these like obsessive kind of just single, single vision things, and like for for the stretch of like a month and a half, one summer, you know, during the summer of 2019, that was like all I was doing and fixating on it was kind of nuts and i was like i have to get these thoughts about this character out and um so yeah i just it it all kind of came from my friend and i rewatching the series and going all the way through it and me being like wow like as a kid i thought all the characters were fun funny yeah. but you know and i i want to say as a kid i probably liked michelangelo from the 87 show and uh raphael the most but um as an adult i was like Donatello is so stressed out and oh he actually okay he seems kind of weirdly depressed sometimes and um but then because of this sort of realization as to how stressed out he is I found it both like sad endearing but also wildly entertaining to watch him just like have failure after failure and just get fed up with things and I that's that's I feel like that's just like a weird you know what, what's the trope it's like the butt monkey thing and like uh TV tropes where we enjoy watching a character if their reactions are entertaining enough, kind of have bad things happen to them. Sure. Um, he's not quite deserving of it, and it's not quite as slapsticky as that might imply. But eighty-seven Donatello just—he's got a lot of issues that are just never addressed, and I feel like that comic is kind of me showing, okay, what if I could depict what I think his day-to-day, almost behind the scenes after the cameras stop rolling, life is like. So. Um, and just pointing out other little observations that I made, like in terms of, man, like Splinter kind of gaslights him in the 87 show a lot, you know, like I that whole, I like, hope you've learned your lesson. Your thoughts on, on what a Donatello episode is, where the lessons <laughs> don't rely on what you do. And then we need you to do that thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's, that's the kind of lessons they give. They, uh, they sort of dull out on poor Donatello and he's like, oh, I won't sensei. I'm sorry. I was so foolish. <laughs> and then the next episode, everybody's just back to their usual crap with him. And yeah. uh, um, oh, my again, my best friend pointed this out to me while we were watch rewatching and Donatello's degree. Uh, I can't think about that episode now without like snickering or cracking up because my friend was saying, I bet that degree is like in crown and we're like trying to zoom in and my my friend's headcanon is splinter totally just made that degree for donatello out of construction paper because it never came in the mail since the school was a scam <laughs> so poor guy i'm like he's probably like 
I have a master's degree in engineering. And and Splinter, meanwhile, is like, um, yeah. And he's like, I made that for him. I felt so bad because he sent away his check in the mail and he never got anything. So just things like that, you know. Um, and also the I guess there's a bit of a like, you know, earlier you were mentioning how appealing those characters are because they're so kind of silly and fun and and they have like a cute appeal to them. But I, I think um one of the weirdest juxtapositions is um when you have cute characters that actually have a melancholy tone to them. Mm. It it works better when you think about those sorts of situations in regards to more uh i guess pg type characters you know then if you try to take a serious you know really cool badass character and and make them lighter hearted you know what i mean like rambo retires and he decides to be you know own a daycare you know that like you lose kind of a respect for the character but with with silly characters like the 87 turtles when there are melancholy things i i feel like or themes I feel like that can um, actually hits harder. And there's a certain like existential sort of melancholy occasional, uh, occasionally to the things that I think 87 Donatello says, like, you know, he's the one who's reluctant in the first five episodes. He's like, why should we help humanity? They've never done anything for us. And he often will make these little remarks that I, I think are are partially David Wise having fun with just snarky writing. And then, but sometimes consistently, he seems to have a little bit of a, anti-human feeling sometimes and then when you juxtapose that with the fact that yet he's the one who's trying to patent machines to make money in a human business world he's the one who wants to wear suits um you know he's the one who wants to go and get a college degree what is he hoping to do and my sure. friend uh, had sadly said to me i bet he's planning on running away he wants to thrive in like the metropolis i'm like oh no like so just that that kind of existential melancholy, I feel like that just intrigued me so much when I when I started to notice those things about that character as, you know, uh, approaching my 40s adult, you know. Sorry. Oh, yeah, no, no worries. Like coughing. I apologize. Um. Oh, no, you're fine. I've had the same thing lately, a dry throat. Like, and... The last like, week I've had this like tickle in the back of my throat that's not going away. Yeah. I noticed about that Donatello. Which I don't think he gets credit for because that Donatello is often seen as like a little goofier than the others. Yeah. Like, having him cross over with the 2003 Turtles, the Mirage Turtles, and the 2012 Turtles and the various different crossovers they've done, mm -hmm. 87 Donatello is infinitely smarter than any of the other Donatellos because the shit he makes is so 80s logic absurd. Oh, that yeah. Like he can make portals to other dimensions and all this. Like mm -hmm. the things he can make are the other Donatellos couldn't even dream of. It's just a, he's so much smarter. He yeah he does have the I feel like he does have more of a creative spark yeah. than the other iterations because I feel like if Mirage Donatello met up with him in a more extended crossover than like that brief 2012 thing that they had, you know, I feel like well and and of course. Turtles Forever. I have mixed feelings on that, I, though I loved the way it looked. You know, um, Turtles Forever, exactly. the movie. Exactly. But like, I I feel like um, he, in some ways, he might kind of just zone out. You know what I mean, and not want to talk to him at all. You know, not not have like even a. You know, he's just so gruff, <laughs> and yeah. Yeah. and uh, like, just I'd rather just think about fractals. Thank you very much. You know. <laughs> But, but there's many times where he puts that genius to waste too, like 
this huge machine dedicated to painting Easter eggs. Like that's mm-hmm. a terrible waste of time. Just, <laughs> His gift wrapping machine. Yeah, like all those machines. Like you, why? Like this is a pie maker. Just make a damn pie. <laughs> no way. This took less time than <laughs> making a pie. It's ridiculous. Oh, he he tries so hard, and yes. he keeps on trying, and. You know what? I I feel like I need a cell of that the gift wrapping machine with him just lying on the conveyor belt with the bow and the others laughing at him. I'm like, I want that cell and I want that just like framed and matted and just like hanging up like, don't give up. It's ridiculous, but everything's going to be fine. The cell I have of Donatello is him on the couch reading a TV guide, which I think is just (laughs) it's just this cool little image. I I like that. That's awesome. That was my favorite. And then I have I, I can show you this here. The, the four turtles are there, but then I have Bebop and Rocksteady. I don't know if you can see that. Oh, yeah. Yes. On a, like on a, a, a minecart, a train yeah, cart. Which I was thing. like, I, yeah. I, I only wanted four cells, one of each turtle. And then um, I wasn't going to get any more because I could get a hundred cells. And I was like, I'm going to be too much. So, like, <laughs> I just going to stop one of each turtle, then I'm going to be done. And then I saw this one, which is Bebop and Rocksteady on this handcart thing. And I was like, this is so goofy. <laughs> and I love those characters. Those are my favorite characters. So, oh, nice. That I was like, okay, I need this, and then I made the mistake of having, um, I, I Rob Paulson was at New York Comic Con once, and mm-hmm. I brought my Raphael cell to have him sign, and for the next three years, it drove me crazy that the other three were unsigned. Oh yeah, so I finally, eventually, brought them along to another show that they were all at, and it oh left. cool, but like, <laughs> um, but yeah, there are times in that show where it's like, like the most. Well, I, my, I have a buddy who is obsessed with bad cells, like where like they're just yeah. off model Leonardo yeah. over here. Like, I, I think that's really funny, too, because there's a lot of cells out there that are really terrible. Oh, so. for sure. Yeah. And, and you know, that gift wrapping thing that I'm mentioning is by yeah. no means the best drawn scene no, in the show. No. It's, <laughs> it's so it's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's great, though. <laughs> the um uh. So uh, fast forwarding to you getting a chance to draw Saturday morning adventure. Yeah. Um, how so? How did it go from you getting to color it to you getting to draw them? Like, w- was that something you had kind of expressed interest in, or did they just already know your style and thought you'd be good for it? They uh, they already so they approached me, um, and I had thought I might return to Saturday morning adventures at some point in the future. I wasn't sure in what capacity. Uh, yeah, well, in, in just in general. And um, I got to say, like, I also was that uh, Saturday morning adventures role as a colorist at first was the first time I'd ever colored somebody else's line art ever. Oh. Um, I, I actually had never set out to be a colorist in a way that was a strange sort of circumstance. You know, it just sort of uh, happened, I guess, you know. Um, and <laughs> I've got like the same... I'm yeah. kind of feeling the same throat thing. Um, so um the when they approached me to draw it, you know, I think that was just based on like what they'd seen from my variant cover art in the past, you know, and um, you know, they'd seen some of my other work, I guess, just in other for other projects that I'd done. Um and uh, but I mean I I wasn't I was hoping maybe in the future, in the far distant future. I wasn't expecting it to happen that fast, though, you know, in terms of being asked to draw. Um, And it's a huge honor to be drawing not only just the series, but to be working with Eric again. And then 
um, Jack Lawrence and Dan Schoening are just incredible. And I love working with uh, Luis uh, Antonio Delgado as my colorist. Um, and that's like amazing because I just have been a fan of all of their work, you know what I mean, in different capacities before. So it's a little bit surreal sometimes. So I'm like, oh, I'm like, I'm working with them now. And um, it's a huge honor to be working with that team and then to, to sort of rotate out with uh, Dan, you know, and the issues has been really cool because I admire his art, but we're such different artists, I think, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, I was talking about, I started named yesterday and like, it's it, like both the, his are like, look crazy on model from the cartoon. I, I feel like his comics in many ways uh, look identical to the first five episodes, which are awesome. Like Toei. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yours, like, you know, what's the question I, I have for you is I always wonder this is, you know, there's so many designs of turtles over the past 40 years now. Mm -hmm. How did you find your turtles? Cause I know yours now. And like, oh, yeah. like, like how did you figure out what your distinct take on the turtles? Um, uh, okay, so remember when we were talking about those episodes where I think they look like Kuropi or Doraemon? Sure, yeah. Those are specifically my favorite huh. turtles in terms of looks. Not a lot of those episodes, save for some action sequences, uh, I would say that are done by that particular set of uh, animators, they don't necessarily move as well as the rubbery ones that we were talking about earlier, but. I find that art style to be very appealing. Like it's just cute to me. Um, I guess I don't. Mm, I have like I have a thing right over here that I don't know if it's a good example, but just oh, I dropped it on the floor, but we're okay. Okay, it's sort of like this, like where they look a little bubbly. Yeah. Absolutely. By the way, I, I did not get this signed by Barry Gordon myself. Um, this is actually a gift from Michelle Ivy, which I thought was really sweet. Of oh, her. she's a friend. That's great. That's so cool. But, you know, like that sort of, they look a little... A little uh, goofy. He's a goofy yeah, looking guy. Yeah. Yeah. They, they have kind of chubby... She's holding up a card of Donatello where he's got this really... It's one of the original... Oh, yeah. It's like one of the sticker cards, actually. Yeah. Where and... It had the puzzle back to it. And he has this goofy face on it. And I have to admit, actually, I just forgot that this is going to be sound only. So sorry. <laughs> so, no, please. It's so fine. it's, but it's where their their eyes are not quite. Uh, they're not really small circles. They're more like ovals, and then they have this sort of Karopi esque, Doraemon esque, almost like, um, almost like a slightly anime take on them. You know what I mean? But not in terms of the stereotypical anime that we we think of. More of the like Showa era, uh, Doraemon looking eyes where they have the sort of donut shape um eyes with the highlight is dead in the center yep. that to me is personally my my favorite take on turtles so i try to well, combine that. that with um with the rubbery uh expressions you know so yeah. it's like i i try to just think about like how would i like them to look and when i'm drawing the comic i try to draw them like they're in mid motion a little bit so that you know they they feel a little bit more like um I guess in a way I try to make it, I, I try to approach it almost like I'm doing storyboards for the show, you know, oh, for animation. So, you know, if, uh, oh, and I have a lot of fun, by the way, drawing Raphael. If he doesn't have um, 
a line or something or he's but he's present and he's like i can fit him in i'll have him like just looking at the viewer like really annoyed and i have really fun like a lot of fun just pushing how hard i can make him look irritable or tired (laughs) (laughs) yes so i have a lot of fun with the facial expressions but in terms of the just the the bubbliness of them i i really like that particular kind of the doraemon turtles you know so with that like so you're you're Fan comic, is that a better example of how you were drawing turtles prior to getting Saturday Morning Adventures? Yeah, and oh man. <laughs> and now I can't really look at it because I'm like, oh, it's so off model. Oh my God, oh, the mouth. And I'll like look at it and I'm like, the mouth is so high up on the beak or whatever. Why am I doing that? You know, and um, and it's a really, uh, for those of you who haven't seen it, it's like four coma style. So it's like four panels and it's square shaped panels going all the way down. So um, there are many times when I'm like, they are not three and a half heads tall. That's very small and like compressed down. But I, I still someday I'd like to like redraw it, kind of update it, you know, and and color it. But um, yeah, it's really different now. Also, by the way, weird fun fact about that comic. The first year that I took it to a convention, I could not give that comic away. <laughs> I think I sold like one copy and it was like one person who just silently was like leafing through it. And then they were like, I'll get this. But and they just zero enthusiasm. I was like, oh, my God, thank you so much. Wow. And they're like, OK, like they just didn't. And I had a guy walk past my table. This was Dragon Con 2019, okay. which is a huge convention, you know, lots of foot traffic. And I had this this guy walking towards my table, you know, through the alley. And he would I saw him and I was like, lo and behold, he's wearing a 87 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle shirt. And I was like, for once in my entire artist alley career, for the first time ever, I am going to be that person. And I was like, hey, uh, you and I was like gesturing at a shirt. And then at the My Name is Donatello fan comic, I was like, uh, uh, you see that? And it was like the one time I had ever done that. Usually I am not like, hey, come over here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, at an artist alley table. I'll say hi to people, but I won't like try to people can be very you know, yeah. Yeah. I and that was the one time that I had done it at that point, you know, and he looks at me, looks at the comic, and he gets this like slow, weird look of like horror and realization. And he goes, oh, oh, God, no. And he walked away as fast as he could. <laughs> I still don't know what he thought was in the comic, but my my thinking is watch him be like, meanwhile, from his perspective, he's walking through the convention and he's thinking, oh, man, I can't believe I lost all my clothes. Oh, now I don't have any of my Transformer shirts. Now people can't see what I'm into. It's too bad I had to borrow this one shirt from my friend who likes turtles. Oh, I hate turtles. I hope nobody thinks I'm a fan of it, you know, or something like that. And then I gesture at him. He's like, oh, God. And meanwhile, I'm thinking... fans of the original cartoon, but haven't watched it since they were a kid. I think there's Wait, a lot. What? I think a lot of oh, people... Lot. Fans, like, I think, like, honestly, I, I, I'm, I'm a big toy collector, and yeah. I would, I'm even convinced that, you know, there are times where people are get outraged because their proportions on this figure or the colors on that figure. <laughs> and it's like, no, that's how April looked in half the episodes. Like, mm-hmm, she had mm-hmm. a bigger head. On the model sheets, she looked one way, but they didn't look at the model sheets after episode six. Right, like, right. So, like, I, I'm, I'm convinced a lot of people who have love and nostalgia for the Turtles for that series don't actually watch it. Right, right. Or or maybe they're more familiar with the figures and the lore behind the figures from the card rather than, yep. you know, the the back card on their uh their playmates collectibles and and so it that's the fascinating thing about 
the enduring legacy of turtles is that like everybody has a different kind of angle on what keeps bringing them back to it but also what got them into it and like for example i um i probably like i mentioned i uh could not tell you i'm sure all of the various mutants that never appeared in the 87 cartoon uh or or i might be more familiar with the cartoon version of them as opposed to the maybe the difference in their playmate version you know oh sure Uh, yeah in terms of the the either the background of the lore or you know hey why does why does this character have a fuchsia colored shovel in the the figurine you know in the show he had like a laser gun that was silver i mean there were times too where characters look nothing the 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 ray fillet of the cartoon for sure (laughs) versus the toy slash archie comic (laughs) yeah so different very different (laughs) yeah and like i love the cartoon the cartoon's like my favorite thing but like it sucks in the cartoon. That Ray Flake is terrible. <laughs> like this terrible. Well, and, and Slash, you know, I he was he was so badass much. looking in other iterations. Well, and then like Thomas, he was a great character. Yeah, the toy was in eighty seven. Eighty seven show awful, terrible. He's, thing. he's got like buck teeth, and he wants his binky, and then he comes back, and he's all smart and has a British accent. I'm like, sure, why not? <laughs> and none of it, like I'm like I, the, I mean, I, the, none of those are my favorites. But whereas Slash right. in the comics. The Archie comics with uh, Chris Allen and Ken Mitrioni's art. He's this really badass character. Yeah. But, yeah not at all in the cartoon. So. I used to get so... In in some ways, I would get a little confused as a really little kid playing Turtles in Time. Because when he showed up, I was like, wait, what? It's, that's not... Yeah. Is that evil Donatello? No. Oh, oh, yeah. wait. And then I would think, but he seems different from the guy. Oh, well, it's fine. You know? Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you know, he's got his jagged with, like weapons like and stuff. We were presented with distinctly different versions of all the like. Yeah, toys were designed specifically not to look exactly like the cartoon, because in right. case the cartoon was canceled, mm-hmm. they didn't want to have to abandon the toy line because some of these toys mm-hmm. existed without cartoons. So yeah. like, and then the comic book was one thing, and then the Archie comics became their own. So there's, there's even growing up, like I like my favorite thing ever, ever, ever is the uh the nineteen ninety movie and mm-hmm. that's its take. So like we grew up yeah. with like, even just six different versions even back then. So oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I mean <laughs> the the promotional art as as we mentioned that's its own animal too. Yeah. Does it look at all turtles don't look that much like they look a lot like the cartoon, but they're not exactly the cartoon. Right. So, yeah. They, and you notice like there's a, a tendency to make uh there's one in particular that I laughed at when I saw it, uh, and and not in a not in a bad way. Like I just had to laugh because it's the turtles in front of the Technodrome, and Donatello is front and center, and he has this really like this really mischievous looking, super wide, almost like you might have it. Uh, he looks like the Chuck Jones Grinch, <laughs> like his grin is so wide. And I'm like, oh yes, I remember when Donatello was the badass leader of the team. <laughs> like it's really cover? odd, huh? Is that a VHS cover? I believe so, yeah. I think I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. And he's like really big compared to the other figures on the in the art. There's one where he looks really fat too. Yeah, that might be the one. He yeah. looked re- really puffy. Yeah. I don't know if I have that one, but I know the one you're talking about. Yeah. And he's standing with his bow and he's like standing front and center. I don't think I have that one. Oh wow. All right. Yeah, but, I know exactly I, what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, where he's like, mm. <laughs> and I was like, that's yeah, such yeah, a yeah, hilarious that's exactly, grin. Yeah. 
He has yeah, like the, the Chuck Jones jowls too, like with the little like thing at the end, the the bubbly cheek uh line that they draw, like when when a character's like got a really bubbly sort of yeah, yeah. mouth to cheek ratio. I don't know what you would call it, but it, it was just so funny. And it struck me as like amusing because he just looks so mischievous and and kind of evil, but also very chunky and fun. And I was like, I want like a big print of that. That's really fun. That is a good one. I think those are Greg, I mean Greg Martin, I think. I don't know. My buddy Aaron has already has filled me in on so much of this stuff. I've learned mm-hmm. it. <laughs> like, because I just didn't know. Like, I didn't yeah. realize, like I didn't realize the turtles and all their promotional art was Stevie Levine and Dan Berger. Like, it really is. Mm-hmm. Those two guys created the like every piece of iconic turtle artwork from that period is really yeah. yeah. Like every piece of merchandise that you possibly owned, or every poster was likely drawn by like one of those <laughs> one of those three people. Yeah. And like Steve's Steve's turtles like still gets you can go into like Hot Topic or Boxed or Lunch at the mall yeah. right now and it's there. <laughs> like it's but it's funny. It's also interesting how much of it is Steve with Dan Berger as the inker. Like those two together created a sort of magic <laughs> touch to it. Whereas mm-hmm. Steve's turtles alone look like one thing, Burger's turtles alone look like one thing. Like mm-hmm. it's interesting to see how like there's this magic combination for that artwork. And it was on everything. And there's still like the t-shirts you're going to find are going to be the ones. If it's a genuine retro shirt, not, hey, we're trying to make this look retro. And it's right, not. right. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of um, vector uh, vector looking traces, I think, of those original 1980s, you know, promotional arts or like, you know, uh, merchandise art that you see sometimes get printed on shirts nowadays and you can kind of tell because it's almost like lose it's almost like lost some of the curves to the original yeah you know um oh, and it, it looks sorry huh oh no, no a, go ahead a number of ones too that like after the 2003 series the 2003 series came out and there's a lot of cool um like just i guess model sheet artwork that they had so retro art a lot of it became we're gonna stick this chunky turtle head on this muscular 2003 turtle body. <laughs> yeah. And they look weird and terrible and they don't work. Yeah. You, a lot of the promotional art for the 2003 show, you notice like the shading, it like gives them bubblier cheeks than the shape is like for their head. It's like they'll have a squared off like shape to their head here. Hmm. But then they like the shadows go like a crescent moon underneath like shape underneath their uh, mouth at the corners of their mouth. Oh, I and know. I always... It's like a weird thing, but like I always thought to myself, oh, that's really weird. It's like the shadows don't match up with, you know, what the contour outline of the the figure is. Um, but I I love the way though that the 2003 turtles, like overall, like their designs. I love how they were updated, you know, because it's kind yeah. of a re- like it's both like it's sort of. I feel like that's like one of the best examples of a full circle thing. Um, it's almost like if the Mirage Turtles and the 87 Turtles literally combined 50-50, I feel like you would get something that looks like the 2003 Turtles. But um, I also really like the 2012 version, too. I think, I mean, the 87 version is my favorite cartoon. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, objectively, the 2012 version is the best. Mm-hmm. In, like, the storytelling's really good. It's also very... It has the best continuity. Best continuity. Like, the 2003 yeah. show is good has good story arcs. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not always as fun as I would like. Whereas mm, the yeah. show is 
man, like um, uh, Greg Sipes is Mikey. Holy Lord. Yeah. So far, like, <laughs> the whole cast. I mean, the, having Rob Paulson come back as a different turtle. As Donatello. And do a fantastic job. Like that, yeah. that whole series is great. I love that series. I always think of that Donatello as like angry, lanky rabbit Donatello, like bunny rabbit. <laughs> Because of his tails, like go his uh his mask tails go up, and I I have the uh making of book, and they're yeah. saying that Ciro was saying like you know that he was originally his stature, and that was based on Bugs Bunny, with uh that version of Donatello. I didn't remember that, and I wonder if some of that is just because they they maybe thought Rob Paulson would be doing it, you know? Sure. I don't know I, how much of that sure. was like designed before, during, or after he had auditioned. Yeah, I don't. I wonder. That's oh man. I interviewed Ciro, and this is one of my favorite interviews ever. It was that's cool. <laughs> like dug into that, the finale of that show, which some people are like, oh, it's not canon, and it's like it's a great final episode. The the I, prayer. I cried. I cried it's actually. So good. Yeah. Like some people, are like, oh, it's too like out there. But like, no, it, it, if you, at its core, it's just a story that's four turtles finding each other. <laughs> that's all mm -hmm. it's about, and it's really good. But and it was, so we got deep into that, and he had this. Ciro had had this alternate cut where all those episodes are mushed together, and mm -hmm. like extended in certain things. Uh, but he he said that it went missing. Oh man! Chagrin, but like anyway, that was because uh, yeah. uh, I love that show. I think it's so so good. So. I I really enjoy it too. I actually watched it with my uh, dad, like in oh, nice. 20, 2017, 2018. We just pretty much blew through the whole series when I would be visiting and yeah. And he had, the thing is like when I was a kid, I I don't think he was ever really at home during the hours that 87 turtles was on. Sure. But at, when I was a teen, he and I had watched a lot of anime together. And so I thought this is really kind of cool. Like as somebody in my thirties and you know, he's like a senior citizen, like now we're finally sharing the turtles thing a little bit. And for me and my dad, that was the 2012 turtles. Um, so I, and I think that that also had a really great version of Splinter, by the way, speaking of like dads. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that Splinter was a totally new take and it was very intimidating. Yeah. And it, you, like he, he feels more whole, like mm -hmm. he feels he, he, like very intimidating, much more serious, but also like there are times where he feels more like a dad than the 87 Donatello ever, uh, Splinter ever did. He's yeah, I mean, he has that warmth and that wisdom of the 87 splinter, yeah. but he's more like he's more disciplined and more or, or I guess he's more of a disciplinarian, I should say, yeah. um, and, and like way more serious. So I feel like, yeah, he combines like all the best elements of different versions and takes of uh, splinter and he's kind of like the whole package, you know, I love the episode where they flash back and you realize there's a lot of. There's more. There's probably more Raphael in him than there is Leonardo in him. In when in, they go that, to the back to Japan, where he's still human. Oh, oh, yeah. What a he is like he's uh -huh. not. Like, <laughs> yeah. he's, he's like a, like an asshole throughout the whole episode. And it's it's he was so he, arrogant and he yeah, provoked. And you realize, yeah. like, oh, there's a lot of Raphael in Splinter, which is really cool. He was actually technically the one who provoked uh, Oroku Saki. <laughs> like, yeah, he's which is so interesting. That, like that, and I, I mean, like they killed him really well. I mean, like that was so good. I also really loved um, that Usagi mm -hmm. arc. So good. Oh my god. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, I, yeah, I, I love this. Now I want to rewatch that all over okay. again. Yeah. I think <laughs> yeah. overall, because it's, it's genuinely funny. The story arcs are great. Mm -hmm. And like, it just, it, it really finds its own, like, it, it brings a lot of like what we loved about the turtles from different versions. And right. it's like the best of, I think, I feel like Tom Waltz has done some of that too, where it's like so much awesome stuff from 30 years of lore was brought mm -hmm. into this take and we get the coolest possible version of that. Um, For sure. Uh, but also tons of new shit too. Like, like, like there's more horror inspired elements in Zero's show than any other. Mm -hmm. And that was some cool stuff to say. Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. Did you like the uh, pizza monster Easter egg in in the Halloween special? Yes, for I was actually going to talk about that one because I love that. Because <laughs> I love that pizza face. Which, by the way, that pizza face, the 2012 pizza face is so much better than any other. <laughs> That's maybe my favorite episode of that show is pizza face. Because it's so I, Drawing it, I was like, this is one of the few characters in the series that I'm going to try and map out spot blacks because i wanted to make it look creepier you know oh nice they have were, like a, a cool starker shadow like was it okay to bring that character in because it wasn't like you didn't have to call out that it was pizza face or was it fine like was there any sort of clearance you had to get in in the script it it stated that and it had gone through different levels before me so i and okay. you know i was like all right we're good <laughs> oh know? nice nice <laughs> but which i, I wanted to talk about your issues too like Oh you yeah, creepy Eddie, Chrome Dome, Shredder Conley. Is there any any issues you've done, including the ones that aren't out yet? If you want, like, <laughs> is there characters that you've gotten to draw that are like particularly feels super special to you? Oh man, um, I wouldn't mind drawing more Irma. Uh, she's been like just kind of in the background, but like, oh, uh, I will say. The next issue that's coming out um, that I've I've already you know drawn like finished drawing um, <laughs> has Mister Og of all characters the little oh, yeah. Pee Wee Herman looking uh, character and um, or acting Turtle Land yeah yeah and he's um, he's one of those characters that was not my favorite from the show Same. but in this script that Eric has written I was like oh I'm actually having a blast drawing Og I I won't give anything away but uh, you get to... a little bit. The premise is fantastic. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so, so you know, for being for breaking the fourth wall, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And you get to see. I feel uh, there's nothing more entertaining than a character that does the annoying becoming the annoyed. You know. So he actually, I, I had such a blast drawing Og's facial expressions in that issue. I won't give anything else away, but like it's it's really. It's really fun. So I and that surprised me because I was thinking of all the characters that I was expecting to enjoy drawing this series, Mr. Og was definitely not in the top like five hundred, you know, yeah. characters that I could like think about, you know. Um, Eighty seven show that are kind of annoying. Like I don't love the neutrinos. They're kind of little pains in the asses. And I, Zach Zach is the best example. That little guy. Mm -hmm. I, I who like nobody likes him. Oh, I actually kind of like, like him. Zach? I, yeah, he reminds me of a, a sort of dorkier version of Mighty Max, you know, also oh, a Rob sure. Paulson yeah, character. Yeah, yeah. But but yeah, and it's it's weird. By the way, did you know Rob Paulson did his voice? I thought they just got like another he because his voice is incredibly I I high. I know Rob's voice so well, but I think but yeah. yeah, I mean it's amazing what that guy can do. But He's even so. for Rob though, it's like high when you go back and, yeah. and watch. It's like wow. And um, 
but yeah, like he reminds me of uh, Mighty Max, and I have to wonder. I he I believe he appeared though before Mighty Max, the cartoon with Rob Paulson started airing. So I don't think that was a callback to it, but because he looks so similar. But I I also feel like that was, I mean, Zach looks like Mighty Max, who also looks like the Burger King Kids Club guy. You know, and he looks like Kid Vid. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, but um, I guess. Oh man, well. I wouldn't mind drawing Kerma. I think that'd be kind of fun um, just to kind of show like this, <laughs> just I to have fun with his facial expressions because he's such a like small, like shy character could be really fun. He's like a Barbera character. He's so different. He does a little, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? He's like in a totally different, that's so weird about that show. Like their characters would come on. First of all, mm-hmm. a lot of the humans in that show look weirder than any of the mutants do. Oh yeah. Oh my God. The yeah. first, the background characters in the first season just oh. just freeze frame and look at some of them like so weird yeah it is really bizarre and um also like the easter episode that you were talking about earlier the one of the things that i thought was the weirdest about that was how strange like first of all irma's not in that episode i don't think and they have this random receptionist who never shows up ever again she's like this older lady and the humans in that episode look really weird like the they they just look so bug-eyed it really does look like I, I think it's like that was a one-off kind of studio or team that did that because I've sure. never really seen that style ever again. It's very weird, but um, it's like from another totally, like a totally different cartoon. Like, I know he's kind of supposed to look like he's from a different universe because he's from fairy but, but like he does look weird. He looks he like looks Rock like Rock. um yeah. he looks like a really weird like one of those weird videos that you get out of the the um, library or the video rental oh, store like where you think film. yeah you think it's like you're like oh it's bugs bunny <laughs> it's it's just, and then no, you watch no, it it's, it's like that really it's yeah, yeah. The one and they i guess nowadays thousand dollars right well n- nowadays you you find those types of like bootleg uh, or kind of just like lower quality kinds of stories in walmart in like the five dollar bin yeah. he looks like that yes he does That's- yeah because he has that weird like oh it's i feel like you i feel like somebody just took him from like clip art or something or or like a generic like oh it's the easter bunny cartoon special not owned by any particular company or something you know did you draw Uh, six six was your first issue correct yes so um yeah i did uh six halloween special seven eight and i'm currently working on april special i think i can maybe say it but yeah it's it's going to be a spring the spring special uh next year and then oh, that's cute i'm i'm slated for several after that so that's all i can say <laughs> you so your first issue eric pointed this out which i didn't know uh first time chrome dome was in a comic book right i guess i <laughs> i so- guess so yeah, um, and I was so intimidated when I when I saw that script. <laughs> when really? I saw that script and I saw it was Chrome Dome, I was like, "Oh, great!" Like you know, but is it, it harder was, it for was you fun. to draw like a robot because your car- your your characters are more, you know what I mean? Like, is that <clears> I mean, it's I would say it's a little bit more restricting. That's all just sure. that, because yeah. because with the turtles, you know with a, a character that's flesh and blood, you can have the muscle bunching or you can have their proportions look slightly different. Um, but, you know, with a robotic character, it's got to stay a lot more. It's it's going to be more obvious if it's slightly not as uniform, you know? But, um, I mean, I, I still enjoyed, like, 
I kind of had fun with the challenge of it after a while, though. Like once I got over my initial fear of like, oh, my God, like um, I I had fun with trying to see like how expressive I could make him, given that he is kind of a stricken robot. He has no you know? face. Like, he doesn't have he doesn't yeah. get at all. Right. Exactly. So I tried to play a little bit with like how you see like his eyebrow ridges or crest kind of come down, you know, just breaking sure. basically cartoon logic for expressing with something like that. So when you started to draw this did you have to adjust your style at all in accordance with any like nickelodeon notes or anything like that where you had to adjust your turtles in some way um i guess one of the one of the notes i was given about the turtles in terms of how i had drawn them before for idw you know yeah. for the the other covers was just like um don't draw in their muscle definition quite so much because uh mm -hmm. i make the 87 turtles if left to my own devices, you know, and and I've obviously been, um, you know, I'm obviously going to take those notes and and you know, make sure that I'm following them. Yeah. Um, so the issues, pretty much like Halloween special and number six, um, they they look <laughs> they look really they're roughly the same proportion as in the show, but they're they're kind of jacked because I tend to like like to draw the musculature a little bit more. Um, oh, I like to give them. I like to make sure that they're they are like thick. <laughs> That's what they are, you know, like they have thick legs. They're not lanky in any way. I think I was just going slightly too far in terms of I drew like all three deltoid heads like sometimes in those earlier issues. Um, so I was told to just kind of dial it back a little bit on their muscle definition, but that was the only note for the turtles. Um I with April, I, I had to make sure I get her hair shape a little bit more uh uniform in terms of because i kept drawing i gave her these little flyaway hairs that okay. uh you you will not see anymore starting in like issue issue uh uh eight i believe so um and the one i'm currently drawing i'm really really paying close attention to to her hair shape and keeping it more contained um because i was sort of giving her like so a little bit little. of a flare like in, yeah, yeah. and like little curls like coming off which which is not accurate to her hair shape, but it's kind of the same feeling. So um, the note I was given was just make sure that she, you know, is her hair shape is uh, a little bit more contained, you know, which makes perfect sense to me. And I was like, yeah, I, I've been styling her hair a little bit too much, I guess. So, but, like, yeah, the muscle, the muscle structure of like, especially like, like the Levine artwork that you'd see is like, it's, it's not correct. By any stretch, but it's right for the turtles, but it's not like right. the muscle accuracy is not even. Oh, like, yeah. 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 Anatomically, you know, and, and depending on the artist, too, with 87 turtles, sometimes you'll see it where they're um, they're they look really bubbly, you know, and um, yes. uh, sometimes they have thinner fingers. Like, for example, the Toei animation, they have thinner, longer fingers and longer toes. Than they do in most of the quote unquote like you know quintessential like what we think of as the show hitting its stride. It's yeah. like their fingers got like way more like stubby, you know. And I tend to draw more like stubby, thicker fingers for the turtles. Sure, you know. Yeah, I like when they're like chunky, like they're yeah, yeah they're like <laughs> fat turtles basically. A lot of them. They <laughs> are. Yeah, which I love. The um, by the way, when you got the when you got to work on the Halloween special, like how surprised were you that Creepy Eddie was going to be in a comic book because such a deep cut crazy deep cut i i was very surprised um yeah. i was excited though i he, you remembered who he was right because you'd already you recently, oh yeah 
Yeah, the Dream Machine. Uh, and I, I loved. I barely remember. I was. Who, I've watched that one a long time. So I was really excited. Honestly, I was like, um, because I liked that episode. I thought it was so bizarre. I actually wish there had been more episodes like that where we get to see them running through Dreamscape, you know, in different uh, teams. But like, um, also, that's another episode that had randomly anime special effects. And I, th- I want to say the episode that Creepy Eddie showed up in. Um, in the 87 show was probably done by that like the animation the the nameless like Japanese animators that I had mentioned to you were like because the dream machine uh or creepy Eddie's like effects in that it's like rainbow sparkles like right out of like an anime from that time it's super like spark I don't know how else to describe it but um and same with Og like some of those special effects um yeah I just they're it's fascinating to think about how they made special effects like that in cartoons from that time before computers. So that's why I'm fixated on it. But, um, but yeah, I, yeah, with creepy Eddie, uh, I feel like characters with, with, uh, noses and mouths that are jagged like his, that is really hard to draw and model sometimes for me personally. Hmm. So I struggled a little bit with him, but I had a lot of fun with him emo- making him emote, you know, any highlights from the shredder con issue. I personally love, that you get to see Bebop and Rocksteady in Shredder gear, which is really fun. <laughs> that was really fun. Um, yeah, I like draw. I like drawing Bebop and Rocksteady. They're so, they're so innocent and sad sometimes, you know. Yeah. Um, and so I kind of liked. Uh, I like drawing. Like, it occurred to me too when I was drawing them. I was thinking, how does one get? Bebop to look surprised with his little like visor. I was like, oh, like, and I was thinking. I'm just really going to stretch up his uh, eyebrow ridges, you know. Sure. Um, but and and sometimes in the show you can see one of his eyes peeking over the top of the glasses if he's really sure. armed. Yeah. But um, just little things like that was fun and challenging. Um, oh, I think this is really specific, but I had a lot of fun drawing Shredder in a suit. Yeah, <laughs> Aroku, you know, out of his like, thing. Yeah, yeah, it's rare. I was like, man, I get to draw and. My my best friend has this to say. Um, I'm quoting, I'm quoting them. Eighty-seven Shredder is always hot. That's what they say. And I was like, <laughs> oh, this is for you. And I was trying to make him look really like kind of you know dapper and like really sophisticated. Um, but I thought, what a strange thing that the first time I'm really drawing Shredder in a story, I'm I'm drawing him in a rare way where he seldom appeared without his mask. Ooh. You know, but when he did, it was fun in the That's show. That's cool. Oh yeah, yeah, because he's not in the other two that you did. <laughs> That's cool. That's very cool. And then you fun. got you know, like hundreds of shredders, which is fun. Oh yeah. Just did you have? Did that... you throw any in like little details in there that I should look for as far as background crazy shredders? Mm, I have to admit, not not too much. Okay. I I was I was more concerned with trying to get the action in the front to be like clear. So I I tried. Um, I guess. In the future, maybe I could do some more like Where's Waldo type things, you know, <laughs> like have more fun things. Though, um, I again, I do like to put in just bits where Raphael's doing something off to the side, you oh, know, yeah. or just staring straight at the viewer. Um, there's one bit in number seven where uh, Raphael, this was not in the script. I just figured he's in the background. It's not going to interfere with the story or the script if I do this. But Raph at the end is like, holding a piece of toilet or a roll of toilet paper and he's looking at it just slightly too perplexed 
um, as if he's never seen him before. <laughs> and but but I thought to myself, it could be ambiguous though. You know, like the reader could view it as him just going, "Oh, what what a pain!" Like I can't believe they're littering with all this toilet paper. <laughs> but uh, I did. I I thought that would just be funny. I'm like, of course he would just be the one who's holding the toilet paper really kind of irritated or or confused or whatever you want to interpret it as. But um, just I have fun with like little things like that, just making them react a certain way. Yeah, your facial reactions are fantastic. I, I, I you, you know. recently that was your favorite thing to do, but like that last page, which one was, which issue was it where they were all on the couch at the end? Was that the Chrome Dome one? I think so, yeah. <laughs> which it, like, there's just like the face, I really love the faces you put on them because they're just fantastic. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. That's my favorite part to draw. So I really appreciate it. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's clear because it looks like you're having fun. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> You know, my last question for you is because I asked this of everybody and uh, is who's your favorite turtle? I'm going to I'm going to just go with 87 Donatello. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, just kids. Sarah would have said Michelangelo or Raph, you know, 1990s Raph, I think, or 1990 movie Raph. I really liked Um, because right. yeah. he was so edgy. And I think as a kid, when you get in trouble or you have Earth, a timeout, you right? relate to that. Yeah. yeah. Damn. <laughs> yeah. But I I think currently I, I'd have to say, yeah, 87 Donatello. Like, it's just, you know, and he's like such that, a sad sack and I love it. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like, I, I'm like, it's rare to find people like somebody with the, like the same kind of affection I have for that show that I have. Cause I mean, like I, even though I'll even admit, like, I think the 2012 show quality wise is a better show. That right. show to me is so good. And like, I think so much of it is those four guys, like mm -hmm. the voice acting in that cannot be undervalued. They're so, so, so good. And that like dynamic. Yeah. yeah. There's what they found with those four guys. is just, I think, and there've been great turtles since no doubt, but like, man, right. they killed it. So. Oh yeah, definitely agreed. <laughs> Cause that, I think that has the the that has my heart pretty much that show, so yeah, same. yeah. and like, like so shout out to Barry Gordon's Donatello, which is <laughs> a fun yeah, fun crowd. Yeah. Oh, this is really weird, but I've done like a lot of research into his career. Did you know okay. that he used to be a crooner? He used to be like an old style like kind of singer. I think yeah. I did know that. I actually interviewed him six or eight months ago. Oh, I'm so jealous. That's so my cool. last one. I interviewed all the others. And for a long time, I couldn't figure out how to reach him, whatever. And Donatello oh, wow. always been my favorite since day one. It's always been Donnie. It's never changed. Always Donnie. So like I had all these other, I had all three of the others on um, and finally got to interview him six or eight months ago. That's and so cool. I may have known that, but I know that he's also in a couple of episodes of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yes. Yes. As the rabbi. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. And. <laughs> I love how he he actually gets to like really kind of get pissed off and curse at uh, Larry David when he crushes his hand. Yeah. He's like, yeah. oh god, <laughs> yeah, it was great. Um, oh yeah, uh, but he um he was a child performer, like a child uh, singer, yeah. and he was technically like one of the first Elvis impersonators at at age like five because oh, when Elvis had come, you know, had you know gotten his nationwide acclaim and fame for the first time, young Barry Gordon, the singer of the Nothing for Christmas song, you know, which made him kind of famous at the time. That's it, that's it, yes, was, yes, yes. Um, he was actually on a, 
a late night or a, a talk show or something on TV or a talent show, like just after Elvis Presley had 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 his first like televised appearance. So he came out and like as a child, Barry Gordon did the Elvis Presley Im imitation and uh, technically making him one of the very first televised Elvis impersonators. It's like a weird that little fact. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've listened to his uh, singing, too. Like he was a he was kind of a Neil Sedaka type singer when he was a young man. And then he was in like some sitcoms and things like Fish in the 70s. So I'm like fascinated by his career. I, I hope I can meet him one day, but it might be good that if I don't, though, because I'm worried that I'm going to like annoy him and like talk his ear off about like, like you know, I I don't want to be like, like he's crazy. Like, God. Really nice. Like he I, seems I, really nice. I, I but... met him in person to get my cell signed and took a picture with him. And uh, maybe a year or so later, I finally got him on the podcast. Um, but he was just super, super nice. And oh. I was a singer as a kid, too. Oh, Cam, yeah, with the King sisters. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, but I do do me a favor, please. If we are at a convention together yeah. and they, the, Barry Gordon is at the same convention, I might ask you to like introduce us so that I have like, so that I'm not quite, so I have a framing device for my like talking to him. Otherwise, I'm probably just going to be weird. <laughs> I don't want to be like, here's my comic. Sure. He's <laughs> got thoughts about the character that you played. He'd be like, uh, okay, I'm scared if you, you know. <laughs> I'm sure he does. I mean, there's a lot of, I'm sure there's, but yes, I'll, if we could ever make that, if we're at the same con and he's there. Please. <laughs> I'll be happy to, I, Lest I'm my trying. enthusiasm be mistaken for insanity. Insania, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you yeah. have, like, with the comics, you have credibility for it. So that's. I, I guess so. <laughs> I feel like that's still kind of a new thing is um, I, you know, like the, the, I guess with it having only been a few months that the comics have come out, you sure. know, I don't know how, uh, knock on wood, long it'll go but it it has been surreal because i'm still new to like that like i'm i'm almost 40 and i've been doing artist alley and drawing comics you know or or drawing my own comics um you know since like the early 2000s i had my first artist alley table in like 2002 2003 so but i haven't had like a quote-unquote commercial kind of I guess you could say like success or like well-known project until literally like last year. So this is very new to me for people to even, you know what I mean? So exactly. I, I don't know if I have, I think my credibility is very nascent, you know, like it's very new, it's very fleeting. And I, I definitely am not like a well-known, you know, name. Inter I don't even know if they know about the comic yet. So. I mean, but like, I, I, speaking from myself i was born 85 i think the same as you um mm -hmm. it, but you you you've done it that's that it doesn't matter when you did it so like it's, uh, it matters like that's that's it, bleeding or not like you it's official your name's on those things like it's real so that's cool well th thank you <laughs> yeah. yeah um but hopefully yeah maybe that will be the the thing i start with just i draw uh official turtles comics hopefully yeah, not in exactly that tone they'll just be like okay like yeah. but yeah so yeah it's a deal we gotta at a convention if we're at the same show you know please please do like introduce me to to barry gordon i've i've met like rob paulson though uh before and he's been super super nice i'm sure all four of them are very nice but they're yeah. all they're all really nice people they really are that's so, so cool <laughs>
I'm going to run. Huge pleasure to talk to you. Seriously. Yeah. Uh, and hopefully we can up at a con sometime soon so we can nerd out more about the 87 series. Yes, definitely. I'm, I'm so glad we got to talk about that. Thank you so much okay. for having me. Oh my gosh, my pleasure. Thank you so much. That's a fact, Jack. Raphael is cool.